0: This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 169th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this one, It's a Thin Line Between Wins and Losses, still in the title song from the Persuaders hit. It's a thin line between love and hate. The persuaders, go Google them. Four guys, Uh they we need an unsung on them, uh, singing about the 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 perils of. Love and hate, but we're going to equate that to the perils of wins and losses and how close that line is in the National Football League. We saw that Sunday when the Falcons prevailed 29-22 to over the San Francisco 49ers out in Santa Clara. We hopped a red eye and we're back here at home getting ready for uh, Coach Dan Quinn later today. On a conference call. But the thin line between the W and Santa Clara was Julio Jones leaning back. I could have went with lean back. Lean back. When he was hit low by Jimmy Ward to get that ball over the end zone. And uh, even the play before that, we thought... Austin Hooper had a touchdown. It looked like he had the ball palmed and hit the ground. Uh, they interpreted that he had didn't have control, but it, it looked uh, like it was controlled, and Austin uh, said so after the game. But... Not only this game here, you know, this caused you to think, well, hey, what should have been? That was Michael Cunningham's column last night on AJC.com. What if Matt Bryan makes the extra point in Arizona? Uh, I'm thinking, hey, against the Colts, they had two the ball twice with a chance to tie the one-score game. Uh, had a couple chances against the Saints. The Saints were trying to give them a game, but the line couldn't block and gave up three straight sacks. You know, after they got Two uh, onside kicks. So, you know, you can go down the list now. It's a it's a it's a missed opportunity, a lost season. Wasting the prime of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. A uh, five and nine team could very easily be sitting there with eight wins right now and knocking on the playoff door. But they're not. It's five and nine. And uh but great win in San Francisco over the 49ers, and we are going to bring you um, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, Grady Jarrett, also got some Austin Hooper, uh, you know, they're they're all online on AJC.com if you want to go there, but we're going to give it to you here in the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. With the intro, we got the uh, player section. Uh... <laughs> Our guy, um, Adrian Claiborne, he's uh, he's a witty guy. We're going to talk about his GoFundMe page there for his uh, penalty. In the run game, that was my crazy tweet during the game. I said, hey, maybe they kept the wrong running back. So we'll look at that. And then, of course, you know, my draft people out there, uh, you know, are sick. The Falcons keep winning and dropping their draft spot. So we'll, we'll review that and uh, go over uh, the draft situation. But for now, without further ado, we're going to go right to Julio Jones talking about his touchdown catch. I'm uh, You know, before
1: the play, Matt was hit. I told everybody to get an end zone. Pretty much last play, try to get an end zone to score. He delivered a strike to me. And, you know, especially so, um, uh,
0: It looked like on the play you kind of you got the ball and kind of uh, – jumped up kind of contouring your body that looked like it was a, you know just enough to get across um the guy was coming
1: in like i couldn't really feel him but i knew people was coming he uh hit me in the back but i didn't know how high he was going to hit me if he was going to come high or come low mm-hmm. so, like but i had like just just basically just trying to get ready to get in the end zone once i caught the ball because like, mm-hmm. matt had kind of like stopped me a little bit so i was trying to go back in the end zone and got like guy hit me low while i was able to get in the end zone mm-hmm
0: julio jones about getting into the end zone here is matt ryan we asked him to talk about the last play then i got too many videos in my phone and got cut off we were talking about uh austin hooper but the quotes are up on uh on ajc.com if you want to go read them hello matt could you take us through that last play there yeah
1: um you know a play call where uh we read it across the board and um we started with Russell Gage on, on the left-hand side, and they covered it well, but we knew we had Julio coming back to us. Uh, and just a physical, strong catch by him. Uh, great job of, of body awareness knowing where he was at and making sure that uh, that ball was across the plane.
0: He kind of contorted his body and moved the ball up by just enough, it looked like, on our, you know, the replays we got to see. Uh, That's what great players do. You know mm-hmm. they, they, they find a way
1: to uh, to get the job done. And, uh, again, he's just got an awareness uh, for where he's at and what he has to do to to get the job done. That was a special play.
0: Okay, that was Matt Ryan. here is Grady Jarrett talking about Julio Jones. And then we go into some of the defensive play. Uh, great, uh, good game by defense. They had to overcome a lot. A couple, um, uh, low, rough in the pass with low hits. The coverage was tight. They made him hold a the ball. They didn't get a lot of sacks, but they got, um, a one sack, three quarterback hits, but, you know, he held the ball a lot. And they, uh, you know, uh, you know George Kittle got off a little bit, 13 for 134. He's a fine player. If Jimmy DiRopolo can learn how to use his receivers, they, um, you know, they'd be, uh, uh, you know, pretty formidable. Even though they are 11-3, and three, I don't think they're going anywhere with Jimmy G. Uh, at quarterback, he's still got some work to do. He's still got some growing to do. Here's Grady Jarrett.
1: Um, I always say this. Anytime he may have a mishap drop a ball, I know a big play on the way. Uh, that's 100%. And that's uh, – go back on the film and watch that because uh, he don't hold – he holds himself to the highest standard. He don't need nobody telling him nothing. He know that he going to get it back for him. So it uh, wasn't a surprise to me. It shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. You were able to hold one of the league's top offenses um, to one of their lowest, you know, of the year – what was your mindset going in, going into these Amgen guys? We wanted to come out and uh, put our best foot forward. And, uh, I think we did it. You know, you gotta be careful. You know we what I'm saying. Just just we went up to put a really good good performance today and uh, it felt good and we want to continue to build off it and finish the season as strong as we
0: can. Yeah, Greg it was 19-10 with a little bit over 10 minutes to go. Uh, What what, what was the fight that you all showed the rest of the way to pull it out?
1: Even at at that point, we were still very confident that we could win the game and um, it's good that we kept that confidence. All it took was one one score and was right back in it And, um, and then another stop and, you know, try to get the ball back as we did and go down and win the game. So we knew it would go down all the way down to the end. And, uh, we knew, at, you know, 19 10, we had a mishap where, uh, we was able to recover it from as a team and, uh,
0: felt good. And defensively, uh, what were some of the keys? Y'all were able to get some hits and, you know, uh, you know, some pressure on the quarterback, uh, you know, in the
1: pass rush. Mm, yeah. It was important for us to come out and get to the quarterback, even when, you know, we didn't get the sack. We still got a lot of hits and got them off the spot and made them uncomfortable. And, uh, uh, got some sacks and it felt good to, um, to get
0: to them. And we heard a lot about their three running backs coming into the game. I haven't looked at the book yet, but um, I don't remember them. You know, Maybe one big run by Tevin, but yeah, other than that, yeah, they weren't I can't remember one big run, but
1: we did a good job up front. Guys collectively um, working together as a unit and just hunting, and it uh, felt really
0: good. Thanks, Grady. All right, Grady Jarrett. We're going to go to Austin Hooper, who thought he had a touchdown catch. And we did, too, in the press box, but uh, the officials, uh, Rudy, did not. But the Falcons were able to come back on the very next play and snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. Austin Hooper, Falcons tight end. Uh, that came in the uh, way we
2: wanted to, but in the end, uh, we got the win, and that's really all that matters, so
0: you had a chance to watch it on the replay.
2: Did you look up there and see, see that play? Yeah, I saw it. I mean, you know, obviously I'm biased. won want to score of the game winner at home. But, um, you know, at the end, Julio, Julio scored it for us. Tremendous leader, tremendous brother in the locker room. And, you know, we won. So, I mean, it really would have haunted me if we didn't. So, the fact that we won, all's well that ends well. On the replay, it looked like you palmed the critical, like a basketball. Mm-hmm. Yep, had a, uh, one hand. of Wild Wing stuff happens.
1: What, uh, what should we take from how you, how you guys not just
2: played today, but played in the second half of the season? Records aren't indicative of what a team's made of. We got a lot of fight. We got a lot of grit. We got a lot of talent on this team. And just because we messed it up in the past doesn't mean we have to mess it up all the way. So I think you guys are starting to see what we can do because San Francisco, the Niners are what, the number one team in the NFC? Mm-hmm. Phenomenal at every single position, offensively, defensively, pro bowlers on both sides of the ball almost every position group. Like, and we were able, the Falcons fans were able to see what we can do against one of the best teams in the NFC. And, and to do so in... Road games, particularly here in New
1: Orleans, to do what you did, heavy Feels good. Was that one of the crazier finishes to a game you've ever been a part of? Not
2: okay. what, what kind of vantage point did you have on Julio's touchdown? We uh, were running a man to man crossing route, so I basically saw the guys who were banned on Julio. I got in the way of two people, Julio ran free. Basically set, a, basically set a basketball screen and took two people on me. Julio's guy ran into me. Julio went and did Julio Jones
0: things. <laughs> Austin Hooper uh after the game discussing the game win and play. Now we'll move on to Adrian Claiborne, uh, the fine defensive end. He's a witty guy. We don't talk to him enough. Uh, but, uh, he had a rough in the quarterback, uh, penalty, uh, you know, they made him hold a ball and the Falcons got there, uh, Claiborne, uh, disagree with the call and uh, tweeted out, you know, that he's going to start a GoFundMe page, so he's probably expecting to get fined for that one, but uh, I think he's just joking. He's got plenty to handle that, but uh, Adrian Clayborn was one of the guys up front bringing it all day long for the Falcons. Uh, we're going to look and see, uh, you know, sometimes, the, you know, we know Campbell led with tackles or 11-6 solo. Isaiah Oliver had seven uh solos, nine altogether. Uh G Dion Jones had nine, three solos, so he was getting to it. Casey had seven uh tackles, Grady Jarrett six. Uh Claiborne uh, uh didn't show up on her, on the on the tackle sheet sheet, but he's bringing the heat all day uh from his defensive end spot. So, uh run game, yeah, I tweeted it. Yep. Sure did and uh, a lot of y'all commented on it. And uh Brian Finney even tried to call me a hater when he's the number one hater out there on everybody. Uh he was hating on the wide receivers blocking and getting their uh uh three three uh illegal blocking penalties. Uh but yeah, but Brian, you know, he's uh, I enjoyed covering him. Uh, undrafted guy out of Villanova made him a great career, and now he's doing it in radio. So, yeah, you know, you got to speak what you're going to speak and stand by it. And so I said it. Maybe the Falcons kept the wrong running back. That was right after Tevin Coleman went for 37 yards. Uh, Devontae Freeman hasn't been the same since he signed the contract. 12 carries, 39 yards, 3.3 carry. They're trying to run the ball. Uh, I mean, he's only 27. I don't think he's worked up. I think it's a blocking thing, but uh, still, the production just in there. Only uh, had not been over 100 all year. Uh, just got his first rushing touchdown last week. Uh, I don't know if it's all on the blocking, but I mean, he's rusty for not really playing much over the last two years. So, I mean, I understand you can give him the benefit of the doubt. He's 27. Uh, but, uh I mean, they, once they gave him the money, they knew they couldn't keep Coleman. But the price went down for running backs that they actually had a shot at getting Coleman's, what we uh, found out over the weekend, or keeping Coleman. Because he didn't sign a lucrative deal. It was only two years, $10 million, uh, really eight-point-something, in a bunch of bonus stuff to get it up to ten. million. Uh, but, yeah, so... I don't know. I like Coleman better than than Freeman. Uh, my buddy Clarence Hill covers the Cowboys and sees Ezekiel Elliott every every day. Thinks I'm crazy. He liked Freeman uh, over Coleman. So you know, there's a debate there. But uh, yeah, they could have kept them together and uh, run some more of this outside zone. You know, they kind of energized each other. But uh, you know, you know, that's uh, that was just my thought on that. Some of y'all didn't agree with it, some of y'all did, but hey, keep it moving. We're going to stand tall in the pocket. If you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. All right, Freeman, uh, 12 for 39, 3.3. Brian Hill, one carry, 16 yards. Uh, Olison got him another touchdown. I like the rookie. Uh, He got it in there. Uh, But running backs all together, 14 carries for 56 yards. Man, that's not going to get it. Uh, whew, you know, lines got to, you know, it's 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 all together. You know, they gotta give them some room, and they end up they don't have any room. They probably not going anywhere. Now Coleman went up uh, four for forty, average ten, but one was thirty-seven yards. So it's a little misleading. Mostert Raheem Mostert went fourteen carries, fifty-four. He's the number one back out there, and uh, Matt Breida from. Georgia Southern went 4 4 11. So, you know, we heard about their fleet of backs. They didn't kill the Falcons. They held Kittle under just enough control. He, um, you know, had, he ran over uh, Rico, uh, once and Rico admitted it. He said, I was trying to fight and you picked a fight with the big guy. Man, Casey came in high one time and, uh, you know, saw that wasn't the way to go. I don't know. They got to watch the – I mean, everybody saw Kittle run through the same secondary last week. I'm not coming in high on that big guy. You know, I'm hitting the waist and lower. Uh, you know, I know they don't want to get take people's knees out and stuff, but I got I got a form tackle around the waist against a big guy like that. Hit, hey, wrap, and lift, get them legs off the ground. He's got to go down. Casey adjusted and did that uh, in the second half. Now, um, uh, lastly, before we get out of here, the draft situation. I got the post up there. The Falcons... Uh, Fell from 8 to 12. They, uh, uh, these last two wins they've dropped from 5 to 12. The way I see it here, the lowest they could go would be 18 because you got the other seven win teams behind them. If everybody goes 7 and 9 the rest of the way, well, they can't with 10 because they got to play them. So, um, the furthest they could drop back is, uh, 18 i didn't look the other way going up so the worst record going up could be 5 and 11 so that would move you up uh into the 7 and 8 categories i I gotta look at that i don't have the the standards right here but yeah wait a minute i could pull them up here we can uh look at that real quick on uh where they could go as a um if they finish five and eleven, you know we got uh you know the Bengals pretty much got this thing wrapped up. Uh, we got four three win teams, uh one, four nine and one, and Arizona beat the Falcons, so they'd have a tiebreaker. Uh, and then you got whoa, it's a log jam at five and nine. So if they if, if, oh yeah that that's just gonna be crazy if they all lose too. They're all at five and eleven, so you're not moving up that much. Uh, you might can the top spot would be a six maybe if you can uh, if you lose. But you got the Jets, Jacksonville. You're gonna play them. Uh, Got the Chargers at 5-9, Denver at 5-9, Carolina at 5-9. They're going to be in front of you because you beat them twice. So, yeah, 6, somewhere between 6 and 18 is where the Falcons are going to be drafted. And the folks over at Tankathon have them picking EJ Espinza, Espiniza. We'll have to get the correct pronunciation on that. A Iowa Edge Rusher. Uh, under their draft scenario, my guy Isaiah Simmons is still on the board. Uh, that's who, um, when I did my top ten picks here uh, for the draft, I had him up there pretty high. And uh, I would like to see them take him, Isaiah Simmons. I'm looking forward to watching him in the, uh, in the bowl games. So with that, we're going to wrap it up here with the 169th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons they will be hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday at 1 p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. On Wednesday in the 170th episode, we'll take a look at the Jaguars and the mustache guy, Gordon Minshew. Take care and have a great rest of the week.
1: Hip-hop is a product of black people.